It's time for the VolQuest podcast, where we dissect the biggest news items of the week. Good Tuesday morning, everybody, and welcome to the VolQuest podcast. I'm Eric Kane with Austin Price, Rob Lewis, and Ben McKee here today. And a big shout out to Smoky Mountain Organics. If you're suffering with spring allergies like so many of us are, then you need to check out Smoky Mountain Organics, East Tennessee's most trusted health and wellness store, focusing on natural products with organic remedies to a variety of ailments. Visit one of the three locations located in East Tennessee, including the location in Knoxville, 8018 Kingston Pike, across the street from the Trader Joe's, or you can buy online at their website at SmokyMountainOrganics.com. Guys, a big weekend uh, for a number of different reasons. A huge recruiting weekend for Tennessee. We've had a, a ton of coverage on the website since Saturday night. And, of course, Tennessee baseball, an SEC t- tournament title, and the regional was announced yesterday. And, of course, we're going to get into all of that. But uh, first, I will start with recruiting. And, Austin, just overall, I think Tennessee moved the needle some this weekend. And you, you've you been talking about how not necessarily going to have any commits coming out on the day of, but I think this plants the seed for June official visits and for a busy month of June and July ahead. Oh, no doubt about it. I mean, Tennessee uh, knocked it out of the park this weekend, and a lot of credit goes to the entire staff, but that goes right down to the recruiting department, support staff, um, you name it. They, they, they came up with a great plan. The kids really seemed to, to click with it all. They enjoyed every bit of it, and uh, – you know, just kind of watching them interact there at the tail end um, before we got interviews, you could tell this group really kind of jives. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to land every kid, but at the same time, I thought Tennessee did a phenomenal job with the kids they had in, um, and, and they really moved the needle with certain guys. I mean, Sean Davion Bradley, you know, Tennessee did a really nice job there. Tennessee's definitely the team to beat in that recruitment. I think they made up ground with Vic Burley. How much? We'll see. I still think Georgia's going to swing like crazy, and and Clemson, uh, to me, has been the team to beat for a while. Um, I think Tennessee's the team to beat for Francis Mowingoa. Uh, you know, kid just fell in love with Tennessee. And, again, so much of these kids that we're talking about are unofficials this past weekend and then coming back in officially in the month of June. That's where Tennessee's got a real chance to kind of build some momentum is because – you're going to get these kids on campus two times in a matter of two, three, or four weeks, depending on when they officially visit. Rob, a guy you spoke with there leaving campus on Saturday evening to Marion Parker. You wrote about him Saturday night. It's up on the front page. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, Tennessee's a leader for a guy into Marion Parker. It looks like he had a really uh, beneficial day on campus on Saturday. Yeah, I think he his experience, I think, was like a lot of guys. He liked the really relaxed nature of it. You know, and, and like a lot of guys, it was it was far from his first time to Tennessee. So I think there's a real comfort factor there. Um, the only other school he really mentioned was Michigan State. And for, and for a kid that's from Alabama, that really leads you to, I think, like Tennessee's chances there uh, quite a bit. But, yeah, that's – I mean, that's a guy that – you know, his comments were kind of reflective of a, of a lot of kids we talked to. And I, I felt, you know, just how how, how – Easy going, they feel like the staff is down to earth is a phrase that came up several times. But yeah, I mean, AP in this day and age, I mean, you don't hear kids, especially this early, just come out and proclaim a leader a whole lot. Yeah, I thought that was pretty significant. Yeah, no doubt. And and he's one that's like the visits he's been on. At one point, you know, everybody thought he was going to go to Georgia, but he didn't act quick enough for Georgia's liking, and thus Georgia kind of moved on from 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 TP. 
Then you 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 look at Penn State, another school that was you know thought to be and rumored to be a team to beat for Tamarion Parker. You know, again, he, he didn't move quick enough for them. They've not moved on from him. They're still swinging there, but it, it certainly feels like Tennessee's got a lot of the momentum there. And it's just hard for me to see him going from Alabama to the Big Ten. Uh, if, if he can go in this conference, I think he'd like to. And again, right now, Alabama is 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 recruiting some of these players. When you talk about Hunter Osborne, Tamarion Parker, Keldrick Falk, but they're not like over the moon for these kids. And then Auburn is such a dumpster fire with the uncertainty there. Tennessee's taking advantage of that, and other schools are too. It's not just Tennessee. Um, you know, all these schools are going to use the uncertainty at Auburn to their advantage over the the course of the next nine or 10 months in recruiting until Auburn either says, Hey, he's, he's our guy going into 23 or we're making a change. And at that point, you know, you're not going to have any success in this 2023 class. So, you know, Tennessee has done a nice job and they're, you know, we talk about Parker Osborne's another one really, really feeling Tennessee after the visit. Uh, Tennessee's done a nice job with those defensive linemen, whether it be Parker Osborne, Will Whitson, Elijah Davis, um, you know, it was a really successful weekend, I thought, on the whole for the defensive line, the defense in particular, when you talk about Slaughter, Conyers, uh, Sean Davion Bradley, you know, having Caleb Herring back in town, even a guy like Edwin Spillman in the 24 class. So, you know, this is a, uh, a, a you know, all the talk is about offense here, but Josh Heupel made it a point of focus back about two months ago to get going on the defense, and it is starting to show up big time. I thought just kind of Saturday evening when I got home and I was writing some of these, the, you know, to put on the front page that night and, you know, getting ready for this week. I just looked at the list. And I'm like, man, Tennessee had a lot of good, impressive defensive linemen on campus today and, you know, moved the needle for them. And some of them said that, hey, we're going to set up an official visit for June or whatever the case may be. But I, I, I'm with you. I, I think that that was an emphasis going into the day. And also to your point about, you know, Auburn, you know, other teams were using that against Tennessee this time last year with the 2022 100%. And you got to do that. If you're not doing it, you're 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 not recruiting well. Like you have to use everybody else's inadequacies or shortcomings to your advantage. Much like they used it against Tennessee in the investigation a year ago, teams are using it against Auburn right now with the uncertainty and the and the likelihood that they will make a coaching change sooner rather than later. You know what else helps? I mean, it's not. I mean, they're they've got stability, but Florida State being down in that part of the the South, I think, you know, not just helps Tennessee, but helps. A lot of people. I mean, Florida State's done really well in South Georgia, South Alabama for a long time. Yep, they're down. Uh, they're they're still, you know, they still move the needle enough to get interest, but they're still down. I mean, Lucas Simmons right now. I, I think if you ask me, where's Lucas Simmons going to go? I would tell you, as of sitting here on May thirty first, that I would pick Tennessee. I, I would. would. I, I would. I would pick Tennessee now. His, his longest relationships, though, Rob, are with Florida State. So they still move the needle enough, and they've won a national championship in the last decade, which still resonates a little bit. But you're right. They are down on the whole. Miami is on the come up. Florida's down. Uh, so it, it, it's a situation where schools have to take advantage. Clemson has had a little bit of a resurrection when you hear what their, their name being bannered about a little bit. And it, not that they were down for long, but they were down a little bit the last couple of years in recruiting and down last year on the field. Um, you know, but you've got to take advantage of when these schools kind of give you just a sliver and a crease of, of, of vulnerability. And if you can take advantage 
And again, I go back, nothing has spelled more success for Tennessee than landing Nico Eyal Maliava. He moves the needle. Kids love him. Kids gravitate towards him. He's pushing Tennessee, but it's in a playful, laid-back kind of way. And and it just it, when you have a quarterback that's a high-profile quarterback like Tennessee does, it's a big shot in the arm in recruiting. Yeah, and I was going to ask you about that here in just a second, and and we'll, we'll get into some more of these prospects who are on campus and who I think Tennessee really made a big move for this weekend. But uh, Ben, th- th- this weekend was kind of, kind of different. It was the Rocky Top of Palooza. Um, so many of the prospects that we spoke to said not a whole lot of football talk. It was more just catching it was up. Design. Yeah. Yeah, just, just catching up with the family and all that type of stuff. And, you know, there was a scavenger hunt. There was a talent show. There was golf. Um, I, I think that made a difference for a lot of the guys. Some did talk football, don't get me wrong. But it was a little bit different feel on campus this week compared to the normal junior day where you just go up and watch film and you see the facilities and all that type of stuff. Right. And, and you've got to do that. I know there's a lot of talk about NIL right now and how prominent that is in uh, players' decisions, but you also have to woo these players. <laughs> and right now, there's no perfect time for for Josh Heupel and his staff to do so because they've only been here for a year and a half. They they haven't had to to deal with any backlash of of losing a a football game that they should have won or or anything of that nature. They're, they're still the the new flavor of the month at the ice cream shop. They're, there's still a lot of feel good feelings around the program. So uh, for them to bring in so many great recruits and uh, for, for them to do so well with so many great recruits at so many key positions. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think there's anything more positive about the weekend than coming away in, in great spots for uh, the big guys. You, you got to sure up the trenches. It, it doesn't matter if you've got Nico E. Mali, e. Maliava throwing to uh, whatever five-star receiver. If, if nobody's blocking for him, it's not going to help you win football games at the end of the day, or if you're, you're not stopping the run on the other side of the ball, it's not going to help there either. So, uh, for them to to woo these prospects in the way that they did and in kind of a unique way, I, I it makes Tennessee stand out, and that has certainly helped them. Yeah, without a doubt. And one of those big guys that you're mentioning on is uh, Francis, IMG five-star uh, tackle, and in to see campus for the first time ever. And AP, we saw the we saw the video, and it looks like he had a great time, surprising, surprisingly great time. But you know, being around him, and you know, may, maybe his demeanor off camera. You know, what, what did you get a read out of Francis this weekend? Because it appears that Tennessee did, did pretty well there. Did a great job with Mowing Oa. I was waiting on you to say it. Mowing Oa. Um, you know, if he commits, I look forward to all the other media members calling me like they did with Nico and going, how do you pronounce his name again? How do you, how do you pronounce his name? Um, you know, hundred percent. They did a great job um, with Francis. And I think it helped that Nico was in town. Mm-hmm. Family was in town. But ultimately, this thing's going to hinge on mom and dad coming back with him for that last official visit weekend, the 24th of June. Tennessee has moved to, to me, the pole position. But to finish this off and to get past the checkered flags, mom and dad are going to have to sign off on this. Now, they're, on, they're going to be on a massive plane ride no matter where their son goes. And they know that. So, like, the distance is not a factor. But they're going to come in and see it for themselves. Nothing, nothing's, you know, telling me anything that Tennessee won't knock it out of the park because they've knocked every one of these out of the park to this point. They show well. Tennessee shows well, always has, always will. And so, you know, this is about just, you know, kind of finishing it off at the end of June for me. Um, you know, he's going to Alabama. He's going to Florida. He's going to Miami. He's going to Oregon. And then he's going to Tennessee. Tennessee's the last visit. 
Nico's coming back in that weekend. It just, it, again, it all lines up for Tennessee to, uh, to get that one across the finish line in my books. So it looks like Tennessee did well with Francis, did well with Lucas Simmons. Um, I think Tennessee did well with Bryson Sanders, all things considering. Rob, there's a guy that's been on the hot board for a long time, been you know right up there with Christian Conyer on the defensive backboard, and he's been like in Tennessee for quite some time. Uh, you had a chance to catch up with him. A couple of us did. John Slaughter uh, looked like he was feeling Tennessee on Saturday. I feel like his family's feeling Tennessee. What, did you, what kind of read did you get from John Slaughter on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, me and AP talked about it. I'll be, I mean, that one almost feels like it's over. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he's he's coming back. Uh, when is it, AP? The last weekend of June for, for yes. the official? Um, That's correct. The only other two schools he even mentioned were Florida State, which he's not seen, if I remember correctly. He's not been down there. And um, Ole Miss, which he's seen several times and is not making an official visit to before, you know, it sounds like he's – you're going to make an announcement. Stan, yeah. Oh, go ahead, AP. I was going to say, yeah, I mean, I'm with Rob. I mean, like that, you know, the kid wanted to have his moment. He's going to drop his top eight schools or whatever. Let's, let's, let's let him enjoy the next month. Is how I would, the best way to phrase it. Yeah. Uh, AP, he said his recruitment is 100% open still, though. He, he tweeted that out on well, it Monday. Is. It's 100% open until it's closed. <laughs> Stan just like, Mill. Kid, just like a kid is coming until he's not. Stan Vermeil is a guy that's uh, it's an offensive tackle. Tennessee has interest in him. Um, I would put him behind the other tackles that we've already brought up in this class, obviously. But he's a guy that was on campus, so there's some serious interest there. Uh, he's going to camp at Alabama. His father played there. We know this. If, the, if, if he's a take at Alabama, then I would suspect he would go there. But he will give Tennessee an official visit in June. Um, AP, Ramel, would you kind of characterize him as third or fourth in the pecking order, maybe fourth or fifth in the pecking order at offensive tackle? I think Tennessee would take him, but it, it depends on how all the other tackles kind of, you know, fizzle out in, in terms of committing somewhere else. I think Tennessee would 100% take him. If you yeah. want to commit commit right now, they would take him. They're not, they're not, they, 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 they like Stanton a lot. Um, and Tennessee just wants tackles, man. I mean, you, mm-hmm. they don't grow on trees. So if you have a little run on them, it ain't a bad thing. So, uh, you can you know, move them inside, right? Well, yeah, I mean, I think Francis can play guard, honestly. To me, Francis is a right tackle or a guard. You know, I mean, like he just body build, what you see out of him. He, he reminds me a lot of Darnell Wright. His body body frame, you know, his ability, his quickness. You know, Darnell was a good basketball player, very agile, good feet. Obviously, we've seen the, the video of, you know, Francis, you know, leaping and, you know, pulling his Evan Neal impersonation. I think that's similar type build for him. Of course, we'll uh, we'll continue to talk to prospects as the week goes on. There were more guys in town than just the ones we've mentioned. We'll have other stories. We'll have other stuff going up at ballquest.com. But, guys, anything else big from the weekend that we need to mention in terms of the prospects here before the coaching staff turns its attention to June and there'll be camps starting next Saturday and there'll be a couple – I think there's two camps – uh, next week, and it starts evaluating those 24s, those 25s, and and some of those 23s will come up in camp as well. Uh, that that's something that's a little bit different here. We're going to see more 23s camping this summer than we you know than we would in the past. Yeah, so I'm going to disagree with that. I think a lot of the 23s aren't unless they're tweener guys. You know, that, I, that's what I mean in terms of like a lot of times they would come in, but you can't be you can't have a private workout anymore, so they come in here and camp. Correct. Well, yeah, you're going to see them camp if they if if you know if like none of the guys that were here this past weekend will camp. Yeah, yeah. The only yeah. place those guys will camp are is at Alabama, and that's what Alabama makes everybody camp. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, they're not going to camp. And um, 
you know, it, and there's only a few of those that would even go to Alabama and camp. Now, I do think Tennessee was going to, is going to take a long, hard look at Demetrius Bell out of black. Uh, you know, Demetrius, he's, he's got to, you know, continue to get work done both on and off the field. But a kid's got, a, you know, a special skill set and is one that Tennessee has continued to evaluate more and more over the spring. Liked what they saw coming out of spring practice. And, you know, he's going to be on campus sometime in the next, you know, week or so. And I would expect Tennessee to pull the trigger and offer there. Hey, one more AP before we shift the focus to baseball. Uh, local talent, running back, Corinth High School, Deshaun Bishop was in town this weekend. Um, had the chance to talk with him. Your thoughts on Tennessee's side of things, the Bishop's side of things, not in any hurry whatsoever, and that's not the end of the world. Hey, Kane, he's always in town. He lives here. Um, <laughs> Solid now, point. With that said, um, I, I, I thought that he had a good weekend. I think the staff had a better feel for him this weekend than they have maybe in the past. And that's because, you know, he was a lot more engaging, a lot more, you know, kind of driven in, in this in this setting. And so I think there's a better feel for him coming out of this weekend. I don't think he's in any rush. I said that on the board um, Saturday night, and I think that's a good thing for Tennessee. Uh, he's not in a rush to do anything. I think if he does something by – August or September, that would be ideal for him, which means that, you know, Tennessee's got a chance to figure out what they're doing at the running back position, whether that's with, you know, Cobb or Webb, you know, whether that's kind of looking in another direction or do they go all in on Deshaun Bishop, which right now they went back more in on Deshaun Bishop, but if they go all in between now and when he wants to pull the trigger. Yeah, I think that running back board's kind of been all over the place here lately in terms of, you know, the direction, obviously, that they want to go in, but it's a matter of how will it kind of fizzle out. Uh, Tennessee baseball over the weekend, over the week. Uh, it took them a while to get onto the playing field at the Hoover Met, but finally it did. Four games, SEC tournament champions. And uh, Ben McKee, you were there for the entire ride, eight to five over Florida on Sunday afternoon. Uh, what a week for Tennessee baseball. And uh, obviously, it, it's solid straw in the uh, NCAA tournament field. It is the number one overall seed, and it will host uh, three other teams here, be kicking off on Friday night at Lindsey Nelson Stadium. Just a, a really cool achievement for Tennessee at, at the end of the day. Not that they needed to validate, and I don't know that the SEC tournament would have validated just how good of a regular season that they've had. Uh, I, I do believe winning the regular season title is more impressive than winning the SEC tournament because the SEC tournament, you can just get hot for a week and win in the regular season title. You did it over the course of two, two and a half months. Um, but it, it is another validation of what this team has done this regular season. They are a dominant team. They are the best team in the country. Maybe they're one of the best teams of all time. Uh, what they do here in the NCAA tournament will dictate whether they are in that conversation. Uh, but it was a really cool scene. Uh, they, they sweep the SEC. They have, they have one bad weekend all year, and that's against Kentucky. And, and I still maintain that the, the circumstances with the weather that weekend. Was four, was, there were 14 people there. And that, yes. this team needs the juice, Ben, and there was no juice there at all. And and it, you couldn't manufacture it against Kentucky. There was nothing you could do to look across the field and, and get and feel slighted. You know, it's, we'll, the same, we'll, it's, the, it's, it's the same kind of mindset. That's why you'll never see AP play Dead Horse Lake. That he, he might shoot seventy eight at Shinnecock. Hey, don't don't hey don't hate on Dead Horse. My guy Travis Hopkins is the greenskeeper there. Play golf with him at Water State. He is he's taking that course, which used to be a doormat and has made it respectable. Just don't, they got to overcome the name, but that place is in a lot better shape than it used to be. But your point is valid, Rob. And, and secondly, 
I, I would tell you the only thing that the only thing that drove me crazy about Kentucky, and they're a better baseball team than their 12th seed. Okay, the only thing that drove me crazy about Kentucky is they were like a softball team with all their cheers and chants and all the motions and stuff. Like I hated that. Like I hated that. Like when they were riding the the fence and doing oh, their whole hands like a ugh. Baseball that was players awful. are a different breed. Baseball players are a different breed. Just look at Drew Gilbert. Uh, and, and Drew obviously had a, a great week and certainly busted out of a, a mini slump there in the, the tournament championship game. Just just a really cool week for not only the program, but for the fans as well. Um, Gilbert it, had about a four-bat stretch that was just – I mean, it looked like it was mental. I mean, there, there yes, were two times he swung when the ball was in the glove. <laughs> yeah, yes, well, it not only was – Yes, Saturday and beginning Sunday. of the fourth game on Sunday yep. as well. Swing. Not only was he swinging when the ball was already in the glove, he, I mean, it was a pitch that was in another batter's box as well. It wasn't a strike. Uh, so he was in a mini slump, but he, he busted out of it real quick, and, and that's because of the type of guy and, and player that he is. Well, this is something we were asked on the Monday Night Chat. I believe it was last week, and I don't know if you guys answered it uh, or not, but it, I mean, the state of Tennessee athletics right now, it's in, it's in a really good spot. I mean, Danny Watts coming in, you, you saw a championship and, and basketball, men's basketball this past year. Of course, baseball, football seemingly getting turned around, the other success and non-revenues. I, I know that this answer probably isn't right now, but where does right now compare to the best it's oh. been since you've been covering Tennessee? And ask the old guy. Thanks a lot, Easty. <laughs> well, Austin, didn't did Eric have seen pictures of, of Buzz Peterson? They, they know he existed. Well, I Rob, the name. You, you are north of 50, and I'm yet to reach 40. So I know uh, he was Michael Jordan's I roommate. Would say, I mean, yeah, I mean, if you go back to the, the, the halcyon days in football in the 90s, I mean, basketball wasn't there. I mean, baseball did have a couple of nice years that, that coincided with football. And if you want to, you know, if you're a Lady Vols fan and want to lump them in there, that was that was a really good run for them. But then you have, you know, the when, when Fulmer was winning 10 games a year, it was right in the, the heart of the Wade Houston, Kevin O'Neill debacle. And uh, I guess maybe the late 90s probably is in the discussion. Jerry Green had some nice years, you know, never won an SEC tournament, but they were, you know, a solid NCAA team. Tennessee was still had it going on in, in football. And even though Helton was gone, there were still some, um, some pretty decent baseball years in there. But this is, I mean, this is in the discussion for sure. Yeah, I, th- I think it has to be, especially considering just the level of and really the the, the uh, banners matter right now. In the case of basketball, you went on, you lost to Michigan in the round of 32. And that's that's not what you want at the end of the day. But, you know, what they did in the SEC tournament title, what they've done in the regular season a couple of years ago or a couple for a couple of years, baseball where it's at. You just need football to turn it around. And it looks if like it's on the right. Win eight, eight or nine games. If football could win eight or nine games this year, then I mean. As far as a calendar year goes, I mean, I, it would have to be in discussion for you know greatest all time when you talk about the major three sports. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. And so, I mean, that's just a question that's been asked. And with the recent success, obviously, this past weekend with baseball, Ben, I thought I'd bring it back up. But well, nonetheless, the, go ahead. Before Ben takes, the, I don't remember even when they were good in baseball in the nineties, or you know, had a, a couple of runs in the early two thousands. People just didn't care like they care now. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that probably the SEC network is is probably part of it. You know, you can. Somehow, you know, if you want to, you can watch pretty much every game, but it wasn't anywhere close to, to what it's like right now as far as the fan support. I, well, I think Tony came along at a great time. Tennessee's just st- starving for a winner. He's engaging. He gets it. 
He's out there taking pictures with every little kid after games. He's out there, you know, talking to every donor. He's out there doing anything he needs to do to sell his kids. And so, like, if Tennessee fans have shown you anything, is like they like a little bravado. And we all know Tony's got a little bravado. And when you embrace them, they embrace you tenfold. And so, like, it's like, to me, a combination of all those things. Like, not that Coach Delmonico was, you know, non-engaging, but he's not Tony. Different personalities. And so, um, to that, to your point, Rob, is like, I just don't think it was the same level of buy-in with the fans for Coach D that Tony has. And so, they've not, they never bought in fully with him. Not to say they didn't care but it wasn't as big a deal. But when Tony invested in this group of fans, they totally invested back. I would agree. I, th- I think that's – and plus, AP, this is something I've seen you I've seen you tweet, right, whatever, say. This Tennessee baseball team, you don't have to have the drama or the adversity uh, to kind of play better, but it does. It plays better with a chip on his shoulder, and you know that this fan base – Tennessee athletics has always played better with a chip on his shoulder. Yeah. I mean, like, look at 05. I mean, Tennessee preseason ranked third, they go five and six because they had quarterback drama, they screwed it up, so on and so forth. I mean, like, anytime Tennessee's picked high, it's not a good thing in my opinion. <laughs> you know, it's just like, you know, I mean, I know Tennessee right now is picked to win it all, right? They're the number one overall seed. Mm-hmm. And, and let's put it this way. If they go and they fulfill that, to me, that'll be make them the greatest baseball team ever because why? Did they win as many games in the regular season as other teams in the SEC? No, they fell short by a game. But when you look at the combination of pitching, hitting, and the fact that from basically mid-March to now, the bullseye has been on them, and they have answered the bell every weekend, minus the 14 people and the softball chance in Lexington, it, it, it's remarkable like how this team continues to get up. It's the same thing I always say about Maryville football. Say what you want about them. The fact that they have been to the semifinals or better every year since 1999 and they have and and they've not lost a conference game since the year 2000 that's insane that every friday night you get up same thing with baseball it's insane that every weekend this team has clocked in you know and, and went to work and and been as good as they've been and dominant and dominant dominant and and I think- me, me, I'm, I'm sorry eric i want to ask i want to get ben's opinion what you know i guess what were they picked fourth by the coaches in the preseason in the East, what, I mean, what are like three or four, or who are three or four guys that have just come out of nowhere or had much better years that pitchers you know, that that the voters were not taking into account, in your opinion? Uh, several uh, voters, aka the coaches uh, in the league. Uh, I don't think they expected Trey Lipscomb uh, to have a SEC Player of the Year caliber season. Uh, I don't think anybody anybody saw Jarrell Ortega being able to do. Uh, what he's done. Uh, Evan Russell, everybody knew that he was going to hit a bunch of homers. Nobody thought he'd hit over 300 or be able to to manage the pitching staff the way that he has. Uh, and then, as Austin uh, pointed out, the pitchers. Uh, Chase Dolander, people knew that he was going to be good. Didn't think he'd win SEC Pitcher of the Year. Uh, Drew Beam, nobody saw that coming. I don't even think the coaches saw that coming until right before the season. And, and even still, no, you didn't. Don't raise your hand, Austin. Uh, even who was talking about Drew Beam last fall in football season? No one can see any hands raised here. Just what, to be clear, what season, Austin? During football season. Okay. Who's talking about Drew Beam? 
about probably about him, the quarterback. Because we saw no. him a robbery Thursday two years ago. No, nah, it's because I've known Drew Bam since he was like ten. But either way, like I mean, you're right. No one saw what he's what he's done. Nobody saw him being SEC freshman of the year. Everybody was talking about Chase Burns. So th- there were several, uh, and nobody gave Tony enough credit for how he can build a program. Everybody saw the players that left off of last year's team and thought it was going to be a one-year joyride, and, and that certainly has not been the case. He, he's built this program for the long haul. Ben, I, one and I want you to echo this because uh, I think you will. I know Evan Russell is not captain throw him out, okay? But the well, way this he, weekend. Yeah, much better this weekend. The way he's handled this staff – having never caught before with all the different arms, the different arm angles, the different velocities. I mean, because, I mean, you think about, like, you got you, you got Kirby and you got, you know, Redmond Walsh coming out of the bullpen throwing lollipops in there that nobody can hit. Then you got, you know, obviously Ben Joyce throwing 105, but then you got all that nasty movement out of Chase Burns. And he's done all that, having never done anything like this until this year, and looks like he's been doing it for years. Again, the transition, trying to throw guys out, that'll get better. I mean, I'm wondering if, if teams in the minor leagues will look at him and go, you know, if you give him a couple of years to buy into catching, he might actually be really good. I I agree. Uh, it, it's certainly a possibility. I think what he does so well that people don't give him enough credit for. Yes, he's not Yadier Molina back there throwing runners out, but he's stealing eight to nine to ten pitches a game, meaning it's a ball off the plate that an umpire is going to call a ball, and he frames it to where – the, the umpire calls it a strike. He, he's done that really, really well this season, and, and he's keeping pitches in the dirt in front of him. He, he's not a, a disaster back there that maybe some people thought that he was going to be. And I told Eric this a couple of weeks ago on our, on our baseball podcast that I, I think he's the MVP of this baseball team because of the transition, uh, him being the complete hitter that he has been this season, and he, he's been so awesome behind the plate, and, and he's not getting enough credit for how awesome he has been behind the plate. And there's no telling where this baseball team would be without Evan Russell. Hey, last thing, Ben, before we wrap it up. his leadership, sorry. I I didn't mean to cut you off. His leadership. That's the thing I meant to start with first and foremost. You saw the video come out after they won the SEC tournament on on Sunday. His leadership is just as important as anything he's done at the plate or behind the plate. Yeah, a true captain, really. Uh, Last thing here before we call it quits on this VolQuest podcast. Uh, Ben, I feel like, uh, what about from you? Uh, Tennessee accomplished everything it set out to this weekend. It got all their guys some work in. It got their starters in there. It playing clean baseball, sure, some defensive miscues in there. I mean, that's baseball at times. But uh, it pitched well. It had timely hitting. I feel like, as Tony Vitello said on the telecast the other night, like it wasn't perfect, uh, uh, the, the plan that they had, but it was pretty pretty close, right? I mean, they did, and they won, and they won the whole thing. So leading into regional play, I feel like Tennessee accomplished pretty much what it set out to this week, right? Absolutely. Uh, You're not going to play perfect baseball in college baseball. I mean, good luck finding professional teams that play perfect baseball for four straight games. There there are going to be defensive miscues and base running mistakes, but uh, Tennessee's in as great of a spot as they can be in going into the regional weekend, in my opinion, for all of those things that you mentioned there. They're playing well defensively outside of a couple of mistakes here and there. I, I feel like the base running mistakes have been cut down on. I know Trey Lipscomb had a bad one in the tournament championship game, but I think off the top of my head, that was the only one over the course of the week at Hoover. So uh, cutting down on the base running mistakes, we, we all know the bats are, are swinging uh, really well right now. The pitching is, is where it needs to be. And everybody that needed to get work got work, and, and nobody is maxed out or, or tired 
uh, going into to the regional. So uh, Tennessee, in my opinion, is as in good of a spot as they could be entering the NCAA tournament. The clock is ticking. We got to call it quits here on the, this edition of the VolQuest podcast. Greatest VolQuest podcast of all time. No hubs this week. He is playing his role as Captain Barbosa. And I don't mean Captain Barbosa in the first Friars of the Caribbean. I'm talking about the last one where he's only got one leg. That's Brent Hubs this week up there on the lake, man ship with one leg. And Eric, before you close it down, make sure to remind people, anybody, if you're if you happen to be out on the porches this weekend and would like a selfie with Austin Price or an autograph, just stop by. He's fan friendly. He's accessible. He's accessible. Just walk fan up to friendly. him. Yeah, just just walk up to him. He, he won't he won't turn you away. He's always down for a picture. Celebrity here at ballquest.com. All right, we'll have another one on Thursday. Mailbag. Tom uh, Vols podcast up on the front page. Still plenty of recruiting to get to. Got a lot in store for you here at Ballquest this week. Uh, this has been the Ballquest podcast. Remember, uh, Smoky Mountain Organics, if you're suffering from allergies like a lot of us are in the springtime heading in the summer, East Tennessee's most trusted in health and wellness store focusing on natural products. Three locations in East Tennessee, including one right here in Knoxville at 8018 Kingston Pike across the street from the Trader's Joe's. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday for Ben McKee, Rob Lewis, Austin Price. I'm Eric Kane here on the VolQuest podcast, VolQuest.com. You've been listening to the VolQuest podcast every week here on VolQuest. <laughs>